You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. And with all the results out of the way for today, we're going to reflect on some interesting developments that we have been keeping an eye on for the last couple of weeks in the form of the government's efforts to obtain a state bank. We know that it didn't go so well with Itala Bank, and uh, it looks as though they've pinned their hopes on the Post Bank now following that transfer of shareholding. We've been looking and following this story for quite some time, and I'm joined on the line by independent analyst Kaya Sitole to just dig into this in a bit more detail and just try and make sense of some of the developments that we saw uh, come out last week as well. Uh, good evening, Kaya. Always happy to speak to you. Um, let's start with uh, a bit of context and a bit of background and a bit of history around uh, Itala. Let's go back to 2017 where um, Malusi Kigaba, who was on Aldrin's show a little earlier on today, uh, was the finance minister at that time and made it very clear that the government would not pursue a state bank. That clearly isn't the case. Good evening to the listeners. So, yes, I think the problem with the statements that we've heard from various finance ministers, whether it's Malusi Kikaba and also Tito Mboweni and Antanenim, is that it flies completely at odds with what their own political party says. So the ANC has always been very clear that it wants a state bank and it wants it to be implemented with some element of urgency. But what unfortunately has happened is that whenever that policy position has been taken, it has simply then just fizzled out. It has collapsed where absolutely nobody did anything about it. So what we've seen in the past few months is an acceleration of that in that finally the post bank was divorced from the post office, which means that at least now legally, nothing stops in its way of starting the process of pursuing a state license. Now, whether it's obviously going to get them is a matter of what the administration that emerges after the 29th of May decides to do. And at this stage, it's all a matter of history telling us that there isn't really a buy-in from the people that the ANC sends into government. It seems to be the rhetoric that dies at its policy conferences. Let's look at history and let's look at some of the track record. Let's look at Itala before we come to the post bank, right? Uh, Itala had the had an exemption that was granted by the Saab. It was granted back in 2001. And this exemption is typically something that is granted for an interim period so that a bank can finalize or get its affairs in order and then pro- proceed to complete the process of applying or obtaining a license. Itala had this exemption for more than 20 years. Was there a reason why they had it for so long and didn't obtain a license? Well, there's the political reason and then there's the other reason. So I think the political reason is that they simply expected every single subsequent, um, you know, uh, prudential authority as it is now uh, a bureaucrat to grant it to them because it is regarded as a politically important institution, particularly in the province of KZN. That simply means that the sense of urgency that should have actually been applied in order to make sure that Itala either gets its house in order or gets, uh, you know, the starts the process of obtaining a full license, that simply became a matter of, well, we might do it. And over the years, no one really ever got all the ducks in a row. So the reason it's gone on for over 20 years is that I think they believed that the political importance of it meant that whoever had the authority to grant the license or the, uh, sorry, to continue the exemption would continue to do so. That seems to have changed a couple of years ago in 2022 when the Prudential Authority said, well, actually, there's no entitlement to this exemption, so we are not going to renew it, and it's going to expire on the 15th of December 2023. 
And rather than addressing the issues that reco- that made it necessary for an exemption to exist in the first place, in other words, get your house in order, Italia decided that they're going to litigate their way through it. And guess what? The law is on the side of the prudential authority. So they've lost every single case that they've pursued in relation to this. And now they're stuck without an exemption. And that's why the Reserve Bank has had to appoint an administrator to take over their affairs. Now, the interesting part about all of these developments is that Itala at some point, uh, I think twice in uh, 2016 once and uh, obviously now in 2022, had uh, applied for that license and both on both occasions they'd been denied that banking license by the Saab. Obviously, um, the matters that you mentioned, Kaya, speak to the sovereignty of or the independence of the South African Reserve Bank and the Prudential Authority in not just granting licenses uh, willy-nilly. So, fast forward now to where we sit now. Last week, Tuesday, um, under the wraps of what we thought was happening with uh, budget speech developments and all of that, there was uh, something that was tabled through by uh, or tabled through to Parliament, and that is the private members' bill. Now it looks as though this from by all accounts is is an effort to circumvent a, p- a specific piece of legislation in the banks act so that itala can try and push this through but they try to sneak this bill through without anyone noticing okay so just to take it a step back so the first issue is the question of whether it is the reserve bank that has denied itala um, a license in the instances where it said it applied i would argue that it wasn't the reserve bank that denied them but rather the law as it stands so mm. Even today, Itala is actually a subsidiary of the IDFC, which is the Itala Development Finance Corporation, which happens to be a provincial entity. That on its own is fatal to the prospects of Itala because the law simply says it is completely illegal for the Reserve Bank to grant a banking license to an entity that is owned by another provincial entity. This is why... In particular, the post bank and the post office had to separate themselves because even though the post office is not a provincial entity, its capacity as the owner of the post bank created enormous hurdles for the post bank in its application process because, well, the post office was completely bankrupt. So this is the problem that Itala knew that they had in that for as long as their ownership model remains as it is, it is actually pointless how, uh, how committed they are launching an application for a full license they simply won't be able to be granted one unless of course you amend the banks act so what then happened last week is that they actually were in parliament to lobby for a bill to be put together so there is no bill what they simply said is that look we are in a point of crisis our exemption license expired on the 15th of december 2023 as it is right now the affairs of the bank are under the custody of a repayments administrator And of course, the problem is that we cannot do anything about the law unless you as parliamentarians intervene on our behalf. And because all of you are about to go on an electoral campaign, in other words, this administration is almost at the end of its life, we are not going to start a process of trying to canvas and lobby a cabinet minister or some other structure to initiate a bill. We would like it to be a member's bill, which simply means that one of those people sitting in the room could have put up a hand and said, oh, okay, I will champion your cause and I will initiate a member's bill. That is what was said last week. No one committed to it. So as it stands, there is no bill. And Itala essentially doesn't have a license. And that's why repayment administrator is in charge of its affairs. 
How do we wrap up and get our head around Postbank at this stage? They've now uh, ownership is now transferred to the state, which effectively allows Postbank to leverage off of the state's balance sheet in some way, shape, or form in terms of capital requirements for a bank. Um, is that something that we are, as South Africans, uh, going to be seeing? conversations around bailouts or money being put or redirected towards the post bank in order to finance these efforts well the big problem is that obviously if they are to pursue a full license there's the first the question of where will the money come from to serve as an anchor shareholder and an anchor shareholder basically someone with deep pockets now it'll be very difficult to imagine that national treasury can spend all these years arguing that we're out of money and telling everyone to cut costs and then only for them to turn around and say oh while we're at it we're going to finance the opening up of a brand new bank the second question, of course, is the simple one of, well, how much would it cost to set up this bank? How much would it cost to convert the current post-bank infrastructure into something modern enough and something agile enough for it to actually be a bank that stands a chance of competing on an equal footing with every other bank out there? Because if, of course, it is not going to be able to compete, it means that it may not be profitable. And that simply brings us back to the question of, well, if it won't be profitable and we know that it won't be profitable, who's going to keep financing it? So the fact that they've cleared the hurdle of the ownership problem does not mean that suddenly we're going to have a post-bank that is converted into a state bank. It is going to be a remarkably difficult process. And I think in light of the contested uh, you know, nature of public resources and the limited resources that we have right now, it'll be hard to imagine how anyone is going to put a business case that justifies spending money on creating something that the ANC itself has clearly not thought was important enough. Otherwise, I wouldn't have delayed it for so long. Well, we'll have to leave it at that and see how this unfolds. It's interesting because, uh, as Kaya alluded to, the Post Bank is currently not a bank, so they would still go through a banking application process. Uh, I think it's under Section 16, if I remember correctly, from the budget that is required to be approved. So they'd still need approvals for that. So we could still be dealing with uh, another Itala situation. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast. Uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.